This is Shi'ar Jashub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, this is Patty Scalzo, and I would like to welcome you today to our Bible study broadcast from the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, is currently teaching an in-depth series entitled Heavenly Authority. So let's go right into the Sunday service and listen as Pastor Greg ministers the Word. We continue this morning in our study on Heavenly Authority and we're speaking about Samuel and we are in 1 Samuel chapter 2. Last week we completed chapter 2 and we saw the prophecy by the man of God presenting God's proclamation against the high priest Eli and against his sons. And we saw how when he prophesied the word of the Lord was not just against Eli and his descendants and we saw the fulfillment of that. We went ahead into David's time to see the fulfillment of that and into Solomon's time. But it was not just against Eli's house, Eli's descendants, but it was against his father's house also. He says in uh, verse 31, remember we read, Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm, speaking to Eli, your strength, and the arm of your father's house, so that there will not be an old man in your house. And so it was not just against Eli, but against Aaron, the whole priesthood from Aaron, the whole Levitical system. And he says in verse 35, in place that he would raise up for himself a faithful priest who would do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, says the Lord. And we saw how in one sense Zadok, a descendant of Eleazar, a descendant of Aaron, fulfilled that in the short term. But really something's happening here even more important when you speak about the Father's house, the whole Levitical system. There's a substitution going on that God is going to do something different from the Levitical priesthood. We had looked at Malachi chapter 2. This is all review from last time, so we know where we are. In Malachi chapter 2, we read the rebuke that the Lord gave against the priests even in the day of Malachi. This is many hundreds of years later from what we're studying in 1 Samuel. How he said in verse 4 of chapter 2, after he tells them, he rebukes them, and he tells them that they would be carried off, the priesthood would be carried off and taken away, as with the refuse, as with the garbage. He says in verse 4, Then you shall know that I have sent this commandment to you, that my covenant with Levi may continue, says the Lord of hosts. So that he would keep going and the covenant would continue. And there are many other scriptures in the Old Testament speaking about the displeasure the Lord had with the Levitical priests. In Jeremiah chapter 23, for example, it says in verse 11, For both prophet and priest are profane. Yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. Therefore their way shall be to them like slippery ways. In the darkness they shall be driven on and fall in them. For I will bring disaster on them the year of their punishment says the Lord. And part of the reason for the rebuke is that they might continue on. They may learn and he can leave them there to minister. 
So you have this remembering of the contract with Aaron, with Levi, so that it continues. And it proceeds throughout generation to generation. And it seems from the scriptures that there's even a priestly Levitical service in the future millennium. That they would minister at the new temple that will be built. Now obviously they're believing priests, they're believers in Jesus Christ. But it continues on, and that's in Ezekiel chapter 44, though the language there, the prophecies are difficult to understand at times. You have this remembering of the covenant to Aaron, the Levitical system continuing on, and then you have the rebuke. When there's gross sin, as in the case of Eli and his sons, when there's gross sin, as in the case of the priests in that Malachi prophecy around 450 BC, as in the time of the Lord Jesus, then you have the cutting off. And remember, we ended up last time with that scripture in Matthew chapter 21 and verse 43, and speaking about the wicked tenants, Jesus says in verse 43, Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And then in verse 45 it says, Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived that he was speaking of them. The chief priests understood that when Jesus said, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it, he was speaking of them. And because of the rejection of Messiah, again, there would be the cutting off, just like there's the cutting off of Eli's house. So there's a problem with this Levitical priesthood. And the nation that Jesus is speaking of here when he says, given to a nation bearing the fruits of it, what is that nation? We read about it in 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, the apostle tells us, But you, speaking to believers, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a kingly priesthood. What do we think about when we say kingly priesthood? A priesthood in the order of Melchizedek, right? A royal priesthood, not in the order of Aaron. A holy nation, you are a holy nation. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Up above, he says, that we're being built a spiritual house in verse 5. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. The holy priesthood in Christ Jesus, not in the order of Aaron, in the order of Melchizedek. Sincere believers, individuals, not of a lineage, not of father to son, but of individuals from every nation, tribe, and language who minister before the anointed one. A holy nation. And so as one is being cut off, Though God continues his promise, we said into the millennium there will be Levitical priests. He is not done with Israel. Israel will come back to him. Yet there is also this spiritual priesthood that goes on for eternity. And we said last time that this house is a spiritual house. This nation is a holy nation. It's a house of sincerity. And the faithful priest that God would raise up when we read back in 1 Samuel, in that prophecy in chapter 2, really, that's speaking of Samuel himself, who 
would do, what does he say here in verse 35? What is in my heart and in my mind. He says, for whom God would build a sure house, that's that spiritual house, and who would walk before my anointed forever. That's not speaking of David or Solomon. That's speaking about Jesus. The type of priesthood Samuel had, as compared to Eli's sons, is a priesthood that starts in this world. We serve the Lord in this world, but it goes on to eternity. We will walk before the Messiah forever. And in such, Samuel, who's a Levite but not a descendant of Aaron, Samuel is a type of the explosion that would happen with New Testament believers becoming a priesthood unto the Lord and walking before the Lord forever. So if the fleshly house of Aaron the Levites are rebuked, they're cast out because of sins, they're allowed to come in because God keeps his promise, they'll do it to the generations afterwards. They serve at the earthly tabernacle, the earthly temple, even as they do again in the time of David, they're back serving there, even after Shiloh falls. But the house, as it says in Hebrews 8.13, is becoming obsolete and growing old and ready to vanish away. That was the first contract. Why was it needed? The institution was needed because of the hard-heartedness of men. You needed the organization. You needed the institution to keep the word of God, to have father and son handed down because of the hard-heartedness of men. But in any fleshly group, in any fleshly organization, in any lineage, in any hierarchy, in any institution, we see it in Christianity, in the organized church, how people could be circuit riders, so filled with God's spirit, going around preaching the word of God. And a church that's formed, you go a century later, and they don't believe the Bible's true. They don't believe in the virgin birth. They don't believe in the deity of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the resurrection. And you say, gee, if that man who started, well, he can't see it, what must he be thinking of that organization? Because any organization, by nature, will have faithful people who are faithful some of the time, and they'll have evil people. Eli's sons are evil and they're wicked. And so by that nature, they're fleshly, they cannot be eternal. But the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek, of whom the high priest we studied is our Lord Jesus Christ, is based on the indestructible life of Messiah and those who in sincerity come to him. And it's based by definition on those who believe. From every nation, tribe, tongue, language, race, group, the fleshly priesthood, though it was established by God, lacks strength, it lacks power, there's no arm to it, and so God ultimately cuts off the arm. For what does he say up above in verse 30? For he will honor those who honor him. God cannot be mocked. Eli's sons are not going to win over the Lord simply because of their ancestry, and is steadily replaced by the priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. But that's all review. Let's read some new information in uh, chapter 3, verse 1 of Samuel. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. This is the third time we've read that. Remember back in chapter 2, verse 11, when his father Elkanah goes back, it says the child ministered to the Lord before Eli. And chapter 2, verse 18, in the middle of the horrendous sins of Eli's sons, we read, but Samuel ministered before the Lord, even as a child wearing his little linen ephod. And now we read here again, 
that the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. He's learning about the Lord. He's even learning the priesthood as he follows around and serves the old man Eli. He's in humble service to Eli and he's serving in the tabernacle area. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. What an interesting point at which to leave the study. In our next broadcast, Pastor Greg will be continuing this Bible study series. If you appreciate hearing Shir Jeshub on your local station, may I ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the church outreach of Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shir Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. Again, that's Sheer Jeshub Christian Tabernacle, S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B, Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And please include the call letters of your radio station. And if you will be in the Connecticut area, let me invite you to join us for Sunday service. Sheer Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the town of Madison at the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit is number 61 off I-95. Go south to Route 1, turn right, and at the next light, turn right again. The Memorial Hall is the yellow brick and white building, and we meet on the upper floor. Please join us for our next broadcast of Sheer Jashub, which in Hebrew means a remnant shall return.